In April of 2005, I achieved a lifelong dream, watching a PG-13 movie in theaters. My brother had just turned 13 and I was a mature 11, so my parents found a light PG-13 movie to let us into. I was so excited to finally be up to date on the cultural conversation, but to my dismay, literally none of my fifth grade classmates had seen this flick. Not a lot of people saw it at all. That didn't stop me though. My family quickly got the DVD and it became a sleepover staple for me, forcing all of my friends to get to know my favorite movie. And so the tradition continues as I force my co-host to watch this action adventure classic and discuss it with me like none of my classmates would. So here we go, time to talk Sahara. I lost my hat. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and as always, I am joined by... Just tie it around your noggin, I'm Chad. Hi, how are ya? I'm Mark. He says that twice in the movie. He says it like three times. I love it. The way he says it. Every time he says it in the movie, I could not help myself but repeat what he says. I I think he might say it in Nothing The line is, hi, how are you? This is an entire movie full of quotes, and the one that you chose, Mark, was, hi, how are you? Something that is said in the normal... The context in which he says this line is, people are surrounding him, he's about to die, or he's about to hit someone over the head. To knock him mm-hmm. out. Uh, I but in the context of this podcast, it is Mark announcing himself with a quote. But, <laughs> right, you wanna, but you understand. Nobody cares about Africa. I'm Mark. Is that better, <laughs> yeah, Cody? No. no, no, no. That is not better. Oh, shit. Okay, so this is Best Pictures. Um, uh, what we do is we each pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive, try and figure out if they're actually the best of their particular years. We also talk about what was nominated for the Oscars. And then in our fifth slot of each year, we talk about what we call a picky, which is a movie we don't think is necessarily the best of a particular year, um, but we want to talk about it because it has some kind of cultural importance or a tie into our show or mark really likes it as Uh is the case in this particular episode um though i do think there is some interesting context pieces we can uh also around this movie i feel like i brought it up in every episode in the beginning of this podcast it's so it was like like, about time it's 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 manifesting (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you, you just talked about it enough that we have to. And like, I'm sure there will be times in the future where Chad and I pull a similar stunt, i.e. in 2009, Jennifer's yeah, body. You know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you said manifesting, I was going to make a joke about Steve Zahn being on the show manifest, but he wasn't, he was on the show, the crossing. It's just the exact same show. <laughs> and I would it, like it, to manifest that... Steve Zahn being on this show though. Right. Steve, uh, if you're yeah. listening. Manifest and The Crossing all fall into that kind of Alcatraz v... You want to be the next uh, Lost. Everything trying to be Lost. And then you get canceled Mm -hmm. after a season. V got got two seasons. Yeah, uh, and I... And uh, Flash Forward. That's the other one that was like good. Oh, don't forget... uh, Oh, what was the one with... um, The 4400? No. 4400 is one. Um, It was the one... Uh, the event. That was the one. Remember the, event. Remember the event. Yes. Isn't that Elizabeth Mitchell too? No, she's in V. She's There's in v. some lost 
person like in each one of these shows. Yeah, right. They think if we can get Hurley and Alcatraz, people are going to come. (laughs) They're going to watch. Right. I don't think there was a lost person in Flash Forward, but Flash Forward came out like the year after the season of Lost where they did Flash Forward instead of Flashbacks. And And it was ABC. And there was a whole show that was like, okay, what if we just do that? How do you like that? that? Flash Forward's kind of good. From what I remember, it was all right. I don't remember a lot of it. Guys, so, uh, I might have a problem. My dog is playing with a squeaky toy. <laughs> I can't hear it, and if I can't, I hear, can't it, hear it at all. Okay, listeners, cool. if you can hear it, tweet at us. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. complain about. <laughs> My dog is having a good time, so if that bothers you, uh, that's your problem. Look, listeners, this is if a picky episode. We can be loosey goosey. Mark's cat is running around in his living room. Mm-hmm. My cats are asleep. Um, they're they're used to me being quite loud. They're not bothered. Um, anyway, so listeners, so- if you if you hear uh, Chad's dog and you don't mind, tweet at us hashtag squeak squeak. And if you <laughs> do mind, hashtag I hate dogs. Yeah. I hate dogs and and tag Peta. Um, uh, yeah, tweet, and, and tag tweet, at best we pick picks. That's right. At we, we pick, pick picks. picks. Uh, you you should tweet hashtag must hate dogs starring John, John Cusack. I think he's the one in that movie. He is. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. It, it's it, now it's most love dogs. I hope you know that. Right. I do know that. Yes. If there was a movie um, where someone put on their dating profile that you must hate dogs, that would be a weird. That'd be a weird movie. Is that the premise of that movie? That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah. It's uh, they meet online. And uh, on the profile, it says, you must love dogs. And I think John Cusack falls in love with this woman, but, like, hates dogs and then learns to love dogs. Is I don't, a woman I don't, in it? I don't freaking know. I don't remember. It's been, like, I probably saw it in 2006. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> is it is it Joan Cusack? <laughs> that no, would be that's his sister. <laughs> freaking weird. Uh, but I don't know. Let me look. It is uh, Diane Lane is the woman in it. Mm. John Cusack um, was also in Serendipity with Kate Beckinsale, and that movie yes. is bad, but I love it. Serendipity I do kind of like, but I also do agree with you that it is kind of bad. Yeah, it's not a good um, movie, but like it just, you know, it makes me go like, oh love. <laughs> love is good. I ha- I have been watching a lot of romantic comedies recently, and it is it's very interesting how dominant of a um a force they used to be and they really are not really that much at all anymore i yeah it's it's weird because and every time one comes out it's like we hear oh well, you don't get movies like this anymore <laughs> and then yeah i'm always <laughs> like oh yeah and then when i watch like nine romantic comedies in a row i'm like they're okay. all from like the same year. <laughs> i got it <laughs> i yeah. mean avail do you think one day like in the 2040s like a superhero movie will come out and people will be like, oh, we don't really get movies like this anymore. Or do you think uh, it's just no, like it's going to be sure. an unstoppable that, force forever? I think that it's, already happens I think when it's Westerns come out. Forever. I, I don't know. We'll see, I guess, with superheroes. But like, I think they've kind of built a way to last forever. Um, we'll see how the next phase of Marvel movies goes. Cause well, we got DC. If, Snyder Cut is goes. back. Snyder Cut is back. We're going to get the... Fuck you, Snyder Cut. That that's that's the opening song to the Sarica. I I uh, heard it. It was uh, leaked. Okay. Sorry. I, th- th- that's the song I was singing. It, it was the leaked version. Yeah. That's a TV um, show now, though. That's not a movie. Have have we recorded since Michael Keaton is Batman again? I think we recorded. I don't think we talked about it. Hey, Michael Keaton's Batman again. Oh, yeah, we probably did. It's okay. Look, there's not a lot of news coming out. 
But we but saw movies. Is, we all saw movies. A, That's something we did. We all saw movies. That is something to talk about. We That's all true. saw a 2020 release this, this is, week. This is like the second episode in a row where that's true, right? Uh, no, we just all watched The Five Bloods. <laughs> we all watched the yeah. same oh, movie. No, but the episode before that, we all watched different movies. Uh, nope, we? the episode before that, where we watched The Lovebirds, Valley Girl, The Vast of Night, and then you watched movies. What from was CFS. two episodes right. ago? Two episodes ago was we talked about Do the Right Thing. Oh, that's right. This is called... Uh, Mark and Chad hear the notes Cody writes for the podcast and they don't read for themselves. I mean, no, it's fine. Look, I it's edit fine. the podcast. It's for me. You, yeah, you're we all the, have our you're roles. The producer with the notes. I'm the producer who edits. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Um, uh, I'm not a producer. I just, I just talk. Right. <laughs> Mark writes the monologues. Um, sometimes, sometimes. I'm the, the one time. with a job here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is accurate for now. Uh, and uh, maybe for the rest of our lives, I don't know. Uh, everything is bad. Life is a prison. So we all watched 2020 releases. Um, I think let's start in order of movies people have not heard about up. (laughs) Does that make sense? Least, least well-known to most well-known. I don't don't know where Eurovision or the Lodge fall on that spectrum. Lodge is least well-known. Eurovision's pretty well-known because of the actors. Okay. So uh, I went back to the drive-in movie theater uh, Mm -hmm. for a horror movie double feature. I thought that that sounded the most fun of the list. I could have done like a a classic Bill Murray double feature. It was Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day, but I thought I want to see something new. Uh, yeah. the other ones, it was like, one of them had that Mel Gibson, Emil Hirsch movie. Oh, in the, the new, yeah, the, the new. new movie about. Yeah, so no. I didn't want to go to that double feature. John Stewart's movie was the other one in that, which I found, which odd. is also it's supposedly odd pairing, yeah. fucking awful. <laughs> so I did the ritual and the lodge or not, the, not the ritual, the relic relic and the, lodge. the relic relic yeah. was, you know, it's whatever. It's about dementia and it was sad. Uh, the lodge was also very sad. So neither of them were like the fun kind of horror movie. <laughs> they right. were they were kind of like the oh we're gonna explore metaphors and just human trauma. Um, yeah, and uh, there's there's some twists and turns that are fun in the lodge. Uh, good performances. The lodge is Riley Keough, right? Yes, El- Elvis's yeah. granddaughter. Granddaughter, yes. Yeah. Wait, whose um, granddaughter? Elvis Elvis's? Presley, you know Who's her Hound Dog, Burn in Love. I didn't. I didn't know Lilo that. And Stitch is, is, it, is she Lisa Marie's daughter? Yeah, she's Lisa Marie's daughter. Not is with she Michael Jackson's. No. Okay. No. It's a. It's a Keo. Whoever that was is her dad. Yeah. And it's got but, one of those boys from It. Who's the guy in Defending Jacob? I don't know his name. He, he's a very good young. The actor. main. The main boy in It. Um, uh, he, yeah, the guy with like the speech impediment. He's Bill. Yeah, yeah. and he's uh, he's fucking. Um, he's the not. He's the neo Nazi and yes, uh, and, Knives and Out. He's a really good actor, and he was he I, was he was good in this. Um, I. It's hard to talk about this movie without spoilers, so I'm gonna okay. do the act one ten minutes into the movie spoiler. That's fine. Um. Yeah. So, the movie starts off and like the. There's clearly like his a, name is Jaden Martell. Jaden Martell, fantastic little actor. Uh, 
so it starts out and there's the parents of these two kids are clearly like separated um and um clueless i'm bad with names today clueless girl um alicia silverstone alicia silverstone she plays the mom she's like dropping him off at the dad's house the dad's like can i have a moment and he's like hey uh i'm gonna marry this girl i've been seeing so i need a divorce and so she responds to that by going home and shooting herself in the fucking head and she's dead uh it's very shocking so the rest of the movie Jaden, Jaden. Jaden, yes. Yeah. He he and the sister are both like, you know, blaming this new girlfriend for their mom dying and just carrying that with them, carrying the weight of like their grief also with this like anger. Really good performances out of them. Um and uh yeah, it's it's got some more twists and turns. Um is the lodge actually hell? Are they dead the whole time? Who knows? Um yeah. It's a good movie. It's scary. Um, do you want to hear something interesting? What? There is an older man in it. Um, so it's not Richard Armitage, who I'm guessing is the dad. Yeah. Um, he of And he's Hobbit honestly barely thing. in it. Okay. Uh, is there another older man that you remember being in it? Um, um, because Briefly, because so the, the girlfriend used to be in a cult. And uh, so uh-huh. you get little flashbacks yes. to her like cult leader. Okay, the cult leader is played by her father, Danny Keough. Um, there you go. This is the only movie he's been in, but I, I think a, he's like a musician of sorts. He was, I, I while Chad was summarizing the movie, I looked it up. He was like the bass player in Lisa Marie's uh, yeah. like house band or whatever. Yep. Um, so, yep, that's, that's where she comes from. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Mark and I were paying more attention to who Riley Keough is. But no, I've been, what's good about The Lodge is if you don't have the opportunity to see it like Chad did at a drive-in. Mm-hmm. It's been on Hulu for like three or four months, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'm, I'm excited to see. You give it like a light recommend, you would say, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm not putting it on the best picky list of recommends. We might re- award this show with a picky down the line. Right. But it's definitely like, yeah, if you want some like a little spooky... It's 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 not really spooky because spooky implies more fun. This is kind of dire, but it is yeah. a a good horror movie about trauma and um, grief, right? And, and if you want fun horror movie, hop on over to HBO Max, like me and Chad have been, to watch the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Hey, and they're you good. Can see, you can see uh, a dream monster say, uh, "Slice, slice, bitch," and things like that. It's it's fun. I like it when I, he I, cuts himself open and cuts his own yeah. fingers off and stuff. That's I have fun. finally gotten to the third one, and he's got a lot of bitches in that movie. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't. He as didn't much talk so two. much in the second one. The first one, he was pretty talky. The first yeah, one, but the, yeah. the third is where it begins the like a pun and then he calls you a bitch. So it, it's fun. <laughs> 80s. 80s. Uh, Mark, let's talk about your uh, the movie that you saw that is about. I've heard that it's a pretty like engrossing look at a different uh, culture and how they celebrate through music. Um, I think that's that's what this movie's about. I mean, Sure. Uh, it's the the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams Eurovision movie that's on Netflix. Um, Eurovision, of course, as all Americans know, 
is the European American Idol where every country gets one person to like say, hey, I wrote a song. Let me sing it to you. And then they like vote on it or whatever. American Idol is like probably the closest comparison you can make. But I think it is kind of hard for Americans to understand that it's like way bigger than that. Like it's, it's like, massive. Oh, so it's, it's a like real American thing Idol the meets the about. Olympics. Eurovision's yes. a 100% real thing. It's it's kind of like gotcha. singer-songwriter Olympics to some degree. I had never um, heard is of another it, way so. to Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's big, and it's gotten more attention in America recently, and I think was actually about to have a really huge moment because Before this the world year, went to hell? <laughs> do what? Before the world went to hell? Well, yes, because Netflix was going to air it in the States oh, live. And wow. so you were going to be able yeah. to actually watch the competition live through Netflix, and then they postponed until next year. So I'll be interested to see what kind of impact it has there. But, yes, sorry, Mark, to take over. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's the Olympics of singing and songwriting. It's where like ABBA came from there. Yes. ABBA is probably the biggest band to come out of that. I was looking it up. Mm -hmm. There aren't really a lot of other groups that I know. Um, It's, I mean, the movie is basically like a return to classic Will Ferrell movies. Like, you know, there's like a zany character who like has a goal and it's like silly. I didn't think it was that funny. Um, You know, I, it's been a while since I saw like a real Will Ferrell movie, but it it, it didn't seem like it was as funny as something like uh, Anchorman or, or one of those ones. Right. Um, the songs were decent. I expected the songs to be funny, and right. they were not. They were like pretty earnest. Oh, um, interesting. The, okay. the songs were written by like Eurovision songwriters. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they. I, I thought it was going to be like a funny song movie. Like a Lonely Island song. Like I, I did too. Yeah. yeah. No, the songs are like pretty earnest. They're like bops, but I didn't really go to it for bops. Um, so basically, I'm going to have to watch one... it to be a completist for the Oscar song category this year. <laughs> yes. Although, I don't even know what the what the song would be from that. Do you think it could yeah. be multiple songs? Well, I mean, there are, like, two... There's one main song that is, like, the the song that, like, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams bring to Eurovision. That's, mm. like, fine, I guess. It's called Double Trouble. Yeah. Um, and then there's another song that, like, they, they're all... They, like... Their origin is, like, they're, like, just, like, a, a band that plays in a pub in Norway or in Sweden or whatever Scandinavian right. country they're from. Yeah. And one of the songs they play there is, like, a legit bop. It's called... Uh, um, I forget what it's called. Ya Ya Ding Dong. Yeah. Um, I mean, that I've is seen like the memes le- about that. It's like a legit bop. Um, but it's it's like a fine movie. There is yeah. a scene where they do a um, a Pitch Perfect-esque sing-off or whatever. Yeah. Um, where they just like merge a bunch of songs that. together. And there's a bunch of like Eurovision performers that are there. Um, like That's like fine. real life Eurovision performers. That's um, fine. But yeah, I mean, like, watch it if you want to, you know, watch a Will Ferrell movie that's new. Right. Um, Rachel McAdams is pretty good in it. That's what I've heard, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, like, pretty predictable, though. For me, it is truly to be a completist, and, like, there's a chance it gets Golden Globe Oscar noms for songs, because I don't know what other movies are song-based movies that are coming yeah. out in the next yeah. little bit. So that that's why it's on my radar. But, yeah, I've basically heard that reaction of, like, you know, it's nice to have kind of, like, a, you know, 
a nice spirited comedy come out right now, but it's fine. Ultimately is what I've heard a lot from it. It was funny. Cause on Twitter, I saw a bunch of people being like, Will Ferrell is back. Like he's back to his like comedy roots and like straight comedies. And go? then I, I looked at letterbox. <laughs> well, he did a bunch of like supporting roles and I don't know. He some... did like that Sherlock Holmes movie last year. And that was a pretty broad comedy. <laughs> And, yeah, I just feel nobody like this fucking is, watched This that. is better than that Sherlock Holmes movie. I'm sure oh, it I'm is. Sure. Yeah. Um, but people were like, you know, finally, Wolfram makes a good movie again. And then I looked on Letterboxd and all of those people gave it three stars. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> I watched this based on your recommendation. Your recommendation was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. I was a little disappointed in that. Well, so, he was in Downhill this year, which was a slightly more serious role that he yeah, supposedly no, kind of miscast in. He was. It was odd that he was cast in that role. Uh, and then Holmes and Watson, uh, Daddy's Home, The House. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't... It's mostly yeah, been funny movies. In all of those movies, he's playing like a normal American guy that just looks like Will Ferrell, whereas in this, he's like playing like a a big God. character. He's so that's like what they mean. It's like Will he's Ferrell playing character. a broad Will Ferrell character right. and not yes. the everyman that he's like a, to truly play a, a man child with a funny accent. He's already yeah. played the role he was born to play. And, and I, I guess the two roles he was born to play, I think is buddy, the elf and his character, Brennan and stepbrothers. Wow, I thought you were going to say Ricky Bobby and Anchorman. So or Ron Burgundy. I think that's his yeah, I mean, Mount no, Rushmore I think, of because. Well, Ron Burgundy, he's he's good in it, but I think he was just born to be that like, like I think both Elf and Step Brothers are just like the like peak of being a man child, where you are a, a literal child, and so he's able to just kind of go all out on like. The I think Elf is hands down, it. no question, the best per- his best performance. Like I think all those other ones are good characters, but I yeah. think Elf hands down is the best. I'm a big Step Brothers uh, proponent. I think it's his, I think it's his best movie. I I it may be his best movie, but I think his best performance is Elf. Okay, I I've never seen all those Step Brothers. Um, uh, you might have Ricky to watch Bobby, it on the I've podcast. I don't know. We'll we'll see if I change my yeah, mind about 2008. Currently, what uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chad's pushing for, I think. Uh, Cody, what did you no, see? No, you changed your mind. I'll tell you what it is after the podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, what did you see? So what did I see? <laughs> well, while you... Okay. You... Uh, you prepared a whole um, thing. You, I, I, I can't think of the word for poor people. Uh, plebes? I don't know. Plebes, yeah. You, you, you plebes yeah. were just watching films and movies, but I... I went to the theater. Well, you stayed on your couch. <laughs> I, I stayed on my couch. Um, but hey, Broadway came to me, and shouldn't that happen more? And aren't we happy that that happens? And they're, hey, look, they proved there's a way they could do it and still be financially viable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not the first to have these thoughts. Um, but I watched Hamilton, and so did you boys. Um, yeah. And guess what? <laughs> It's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. 2015 or 2016 should have told you. I like it that when, when the king spits all over his face and is silly. That part's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um. It it won ev- it won basically every Tony, and now it's on Disney Plus. Like it, it's kind of not a new thing to say that it is. All good, of America listened really... to it on Spotify in 2015. I did yeah. not. <laughs> but Neither did I. Not not to be like I was special, but. 
I, no. I, I didn't listen to it because I didn't want to listen to it out of context. And people would like try yeah. to like show me the music and I'd be like, this just sounds like the corniest thing I've ever heard. Like, turn it off. I don't want to listen to this outside of the context of the musical. And in the context of the musical, it all works. It's all mm. it's all pretty good. And by pretty good, yeah, I mean I it's, was, good. it's good. I was in the same boat of like, I didn't listen to it at the time because I wanted to give it like my full attention. And I very yeah. rarely like listen to music and just like stare at a wall and listen to the words. Yeah. Um, but also, I I don't know if I had listened to it in a, just a cast recording, if I would have been able to like differentiate characters mm-hmm. and like scene changes in the middle of songs or like when, when lines are as like an aside or like there's a song that's like a rap battle that mm. is like when they're on stage, it's staged like a rap battle where like everyone's lined up on each side. But um, yeah, to me, I don't know if I would have picked up on, on what was going on there in the recording. To me, that was my least favorite part of the musical was the rap battle. Oh, I like the rap battles. It was just like, I, I assumed the whole musical was going to be that, and that was what turned me off from the musical, was like hip-hop through history. Uh, and it's not that. It's not that at all. But like when it became that for like a brief moment, I was like, oh, this is what I was afraid of, and I didn't like it. There's just something well, about like two that. men in knickers uh, rapping that I don't Be careful. Um, <laughs> Let's watch that word there, Chad. A CK knickers. <laughs> Um, be careful. So I don't know. The rap battle works for me. I had the opposite thing where I did listen to the entire cast album before because it's a completely sung through musical. And I do think I got a lot out of the cast album, but I do think seeing it on film is a way different experience and a way better one, obviously. Um, but you know, I, I, I knew most of it going in and there were still a lot of surprises in it because of how it was staged and little moments that are left out of the cast Mm -hmm. album and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's really well done. I, I I think it's really cool. I'm glad that it exists. Well choreographed um, like, I was talking easily to, accessible way. I was talking to Cody the other day about the choreography and just like the ensemble members really utilizing them in a way that other musicals don't do as well. That was yeah. something that really stood out to me about this. It's a it's a really good production. Like it's it's kind of undeniable. Um, right. Yeah, I mean th- that's kind of my opinion on it. It's like it's it, it's like a culmination of the form in a very interesting way like it hits a lot of things Mm -hmm. perfect and it's messy to some degree but that's kind of what i like about theater is that it is often Mm -hmm. messy it is often swinging for the fences trying to do a million different things and i think this is a pretty i don't know i think it's a pretty good example of a musical doing things really really well um i think we all agree that (laughs) the cast is almost perfect um there's just one person i change out um, and it's alexander you mean he's not good in this i think that uh he's not a great singer but i you know most of his lines are rapped the fact that yeah. he wrote it so, is like okay. Well, if you if you write it, then you can be like a B plus performer. If and, yeah, I mean true. He gets. A, yeah. I mean, he wrote the fucking thing. He gets and a it's pass. Amazing. He's clearly he talented. Gets credit for that. Wrote wrote the play. Good job. But yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily the singing talent that bothered me. Because like his singing talent is, it's not as good as the other actors. I think that that's just but it's kind not of clear. horrible. But it's not bad. Um, 
but it, it's and just, I think his rapping is good. Yeah, it's the actual performance behind it. Like it's the acting that like I never really buy it. I just like I kind of see the Lin Manuel Miranda through Alexander Hamilton, and I never he, really he kind see of Alexander over, Hamilton. He kind of overacts in a way that the others don't. Yeah. It's it's hard to explain because they're all trying very very hard, which is why it's great. But there's something about his <laughs> right. performance that rings a little yeah. odd, and there are moments and this will lead perfectly into a plug um there are moments that like kind of really emotionally affected me still in the musical they did but there there were moments that emotionally affected me just listening to it and then when i saw his performance they didn't as much because it it kind of took me out of those specific moments there's one in particular in act two after a very sad moment that in listening to it made me tear up um, on the cast album, and then his performance completely drags me out of it. But I still think it's a five-star movie, and everybody should watch it. I don't know; it's a musical. Yeah. Like me, I just want people to a gentleman's watch three and it a half. And support it. Mm, too low, but the rap um, battle took down a half star, and then Lin Manuel Miranda's performance. I, took I, down I, a full I, star. I think those are two. <laughs> you're you're weighing those too too much. Um, I disagree. That is exactly <laughs> how much. Those two things took me out of the musical. Anyway. A star uh, and a half's worth. Chad's a hater. Um, but it's, it's, crying. It's a good musical. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chad doesn't like hip hop. The hip hop parts. Um, no, that's like not what you said. You just said you part. don't like the rap battles. Um, but why the crying is important is because I'm sure you guys heard an episode a little bit ago where me and... Uh, friend of the pod, friend of the sister pod, Purely Nostalgia, um, Eli Smith and I have our uh, cross-platform podcast where uh, we talked uh, about the notebook for yeah. Live and Let Cry. Yeah, thanks for the, in- where we thanks try for the invite, Eli by Cry. the way. You both are invited and you know that. You, <laughs> neither one of you will just settle on what movies you're going to pick. Um, but... Um, for our next episode, we are going to talk about Hamilton because we can be loosey-goosey and I can talk about how I cried during the cast album and cried during this film production. So look out for that on July 31st. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. And look um, out for that Confederate warship in the middle of the Sahara Desert. All right, I guess that counts as a tra- transition. Um, so we are now going to talk about Sahara um as 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 the picky a 2005 classic um at least according to mark mark not according to the box office or you know cultural consciousness or anything like that but to mark it is so mark tell us tell us a little bit about your experience with it you did a bit in the monologue but yeah, I mean, it's my first PG-13 movie I watched in theaters. It's a DVD that I watched a million times. This is, like, up there with that thing you do in terms of, like, number of times I've watched this movie. Probably not quite as high. Um, right. But, like, there are just so many quotes that are just, like, ingrained in my head and I think about all the time. Mm. Um, all Cody, the time. I feel like at one point, <laughs> I don't know about... Um, I, I, I really do think of, nobody cares about Africa um, maybe too often. Um, oh, boy. Uh, at one point, Cody, you have talked about scenes where someone has a bunch of weapons and they have to drop that the weapons. That is a good it part a of this time. movie. Yeah. It's I a love great that. part of this movie. This is maybe the, the number one uh, example of it's that. Kind of it's jarring. not the number one because the number one is Mad Max 3, but so, it is a pretty – no, 
number one example is Pirates of the Caribbean 3 mm. when Kira Knightley pulls a gun out of her asshole. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Second is Mad yeah. Max. This might be three. It's kind of jarring to see that Steve Zahn character type. Like It's kind of the Justin Bartha of National Treasure uh-huh. adjacent yep. type. To see him be so gun crazy. Uh, like he loves yeah. guns in this movie, and that's it's it's kind of jarring to see because usually the fun loving guy is like I don't even know how to shoot this thing kind of right. kind of guy, uh, well, but this guy loved guns. Well, he it, Al Giordino is like mm. the sidekick to to Dirk Pitt. Yeah, um, again, that is Zahn so and Matthew McConaughey episode. for those who are not familiar and haven't read five of these books, um, which, by the way, I didn't mention in the monologue. I read a lot of these books written by Clive Cussler. Uh, I definitely read good? Raise the Titanic. Um, the books are, I mean, they're fine. They're like uh, 80s. They're, they're, paper, 80s. they're like paper supermarket paperback type books. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, they're just like... Uh, action thrillers. They're like Tom Clancy books or James Patterson books. Exactly. Like, yes. Um, you know, easily reproduced. Uh, I mean, they're still writing them. Clive Cussler is re- now oh, writing right. them with his son. I th- Except name, he's I not because he died Dirk. earlier this year. Um, I th- think... Oh, okay. Because uh, the most recent books uh, are written by both of them. I, I am assuming they're going to continue writing them with just the the kid writing them. Yeah, probably. Um, probably Clive isn't writing them anymore. I didn't no. realize that Clive died. Rip. He C- died Clive in Custler. February. I remember when that was announced, and I don't even really know who he was. Was it the plague? Um, n- uh, no, no, it was February. It was, it was late it was February. Pre, pre-plague. There was still Speaking plague, of plagues, right? though, this Not movie here. picks up in Lagos. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of plague, that's what this fucking movie's about. <laughs> This movie is the reason that I know what the WHO is. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when I mean, the movie starts... I would have starts, learned otherwise, but... Right, right, you would eventually learn. So so Mark, Mark has seen it before. Chad, had you seen it before? Yeah, this was one of those movies um, when we were new to like the Netflix DVD system as a kid. Uh... We rented this movie one night, and I loved it. I watched it with my mom. My mom loves it anytime there's a Steve Zahn-esque character in a movie. She's sure. always like, mm-hmm. oh, he's just so funny, you know. Uh, I, I mean, that's what she used to say when I was a kid. I think it was a good way for us to connect. And I wanted to be Steve Zahn in this movie. I wanted to be that that funny guy. Um, yeah. And so I was probably annoyed it's all my school friends trying to be the funny guy. It's interesting that this movie has Steve Zahn and Rain Wilson, who I feel yeah. like Rain Wilson would also fit into Steve Zahn roles later on. Yeah. Um, but this came out pre The Office, I think. In the it comments. was the uh, year like, you know, that The Office this, this started. This Rain Wilson guy is going to be yeah. playing in a, in a sitcom called The Office soon. Right. Um, yeah, that's I, right. I listened to the commentary as well. I have nothing to do with my life. So... <laughs> I had not seen this movie before, but Mark had given it to me on DVD <laughs> um, a little You're bit welcome. ago. Did you watch uh, it on the DVD or did you watch it on Amazon Prime? Oh, I watched that on the DVD. Mark okay. gave me the DVD. Good, I wasn't going to waste that. <laughs> um, DVD, I mean, quality is often better. Um, especially when you have a Blu-ray boosting device like my PlayStation 4. Um where was I going with this? Oh, and I had not watched it. Um, <laughs> he had given it to me. And I'm, I i don't know. I think I was sort of waiting for an opportunity for us to either watch it together or watch it for the show. Both things that I thought were going to happen um, at some point. Um, 
so yeah, I could. Am I the only person who went into Sahara with it being overhyped for me? Quite potentially. I think um, that's definitely <laughs> what happened. Um, I think that's why you didn't like it very much. Because like, I, I it think was it's definitely overhyped. I went me. in as a child, and I think right. some of that carried over to me enjoying it today. For um, sure. But I still do think some of the like sequences are like a blast. Like there's the, sh- the shootout between the two boats stands out as like yeah. fun. There's uh well, why don't you do the plot summary? I guess. And yeah, I'll do the plot yeah. summary, and yeah, I'll I'll talk about a few of my specific qualms, but I don't want to be a Debbie Downer too much because uh, I do think there. Are, I mean, this movie is like the it it's inoffensive to anybody that it exists. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, you know, so I don't want to just dunk on it when I don't enjoy it that much and. Yeah. My friend Mark loves it a lot. Um, loves it so much that he forced us to cover it on the podcast because it was one of his favorites and then gave it three stars. But anyway, the plot summary <laughs> is uh, that Dirk Pitt, which Mark claims uh, claimed off pod was a good name. Um, good name. <laughs> which I don't Name a better Dirk. Name it a reminds better me, Dirk. Don't it's say good Dirk because Dingler. it reminds me of Dirt. And so often in the movie, he is very dirty. See? You... It literally is. I was gonna say he named this character because like Brad Pitt was a thing, but that's not actually true because these books started in the seventies. But yeah, um, it's a it's a dirt anyway. <laughs> Dirk Pitt, <laughs> Dirt Pitt, and his best pal Al are seeking a lost Confederate boat. Along the way, they get entangled with a civil war, a plague slash poison, and Penelope Cruz. Uh, they literally save the world. Um, Cody, are they looking for a Confederate boat, like in the southern United States? No, or it's like... in Africa somehow. I don't know. Oh, yeah, in the middle of the Sahara Desert. <laughs> the middle of the Sahara Desert, famously very dry. That desert. Yeah. Apparently, there was job, like a flood. His job is he is a diver. This, this is where I want to start because this is where He's it a, broke me, and I could not get further. His job, oceanographic archaeologist, which means he is a diver. He dives for artifacts, and then yeah. the movie becomes he travels and communicates with his black market contacts, and he has found Confederate gold. Is he seeking Confederate gold? No. He is looking specifically for just the boat, but he gets distracted at one point well, because Penelope Cruz of, is there. Because it's a piece of history, Cody. We can't deny our history. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to stop for that. Um, they, they, literally, they meet up with Penelope Cruz, who starts talking about the 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 virus or something that's going around and killing a bunch of people. Yeah. They straight up forget about their mission for a little bit and they're like, "Okay, we will help you." And then it just so happens that the plague poison and the Confederate boat are the same thing. It wasn't like well, they thought it was the same thing and that's why they teamed up with Penelope Cruz. They teamed up with Penelope Cruz. They were like, "We'll help you for a bit." And then just bumblefuck their way into it being the same thing. Okay. And that's where it you. started to break me. But go ahead, Mark. Let, let me correct you here. The boat and the plague are actually unrelated. Um, right. They are just that's the other pieces. It other. seems like they're related so, for a minute and then they're not. <laughs> so here's what happens, right? Uh, they, they raise some mummy from the ocean uh, or some like king's tomb from the ocean king but yeah that was like when we um, met the the whole gang 
Yeah, and yeah. and he, like Penelope Cruz is like investigating some virus, and she gets attacked, and Dirk saves her. That's how they meet there, and then uh, Dirk finds a coin and is like, "Hey, boss, Admiral Sandecker, uh, played by William H Macy, um, yep. can I take your personal yacht up a river to find a boat?" Uh, and then he relents, but says, "You also have to take these doctors to go find the cure for or to go tra- track down this disease." Yeah, takes them to where they want to go, drops them off, and then he gets attacked by the rebel government uh, yes. who are looking for the right. doctors. And then he realizes that the doctors are in danger, goes so and saves yeah. the doctor, yeah. and then realizes how bad this disease is because he's a good that person. Because he's no, a good guy. He drops everything because he's a good person and he knows she needs his help. Listen. Well, but also once I, he's with her, they find a map to the boat. They follow the map stumble. accidentally. No clue. They accidentally find. They just walk into a cave. Yeah. Well, because like the boat being there was like a the big cave. deal and people did the cave drawings of it. Um, On the search for the boat, they happen to find a solar power plant, and they go investigate the solar power plant, find a bunch of chemicals that are leaking. That's bad. Uh They realize they have to stop Uh that. While they stop that... By um, breaking they throw in some, and doing a whole they, Mission Impossible. They Look, they're in the right like place at the wrong time. James, Very John McClane-esque. James Bond sequence. They, yeah. they fight a bad guy on top of a tower. Um, then I like they when he has away, to like let they go. They throw some dynamite he, into the... Well, you mm-hmm. think he's falling, but then he grabs onto the rotating like uh, yes. solar panels. To, to the mirrors that are raising yeah. up. Yep. And, then he, and then he climbs back up, and then he, he gets... gets the, that's the good part. It's pretty like good. Um, but then then later he tells Penelope Cruz to throw some dynamite into the side of a mountain uh, yeah. to, to distract a helicopter. It exposes the boat. Exposes the boat. They get in the boat. They shoot a cannonball into a helicopter. That's great, right? A cannonball so, into a helicopter. I but then did. it explodes, which is not... Is that how cannonballs work? I think it's how because some of I them think work. So. I think it's how some of them work. Yeah. Sometimes it's because just it's about the... it's not in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's yeah. all about the force of them Sometimes it's through. just about the force. Sometimes they are actual bombs. And so when okay. it first went through the helicopter and it just sits there, I was like... Because I'd forgotten how it ends. I was like, oh, yeah. no, what now? That was literally their one shot. And then... And then it blows up. It blows up. Good it's part. A good sequence. Really good part. And then... And then that just kills like the the leader, and then all of the like the whole army puts down the guns. James and, like, from Wait a Walking second. Dead as the leader, yeah. Oh, and I they uh, they phantom menace it. They just are like, "Well, you, you killed the yeah. you killed the brain." But now then we're it's just revealed gonna... that the reason they gave up is because the the other army is like above the boat. It's great. It's a yeah. it's a great sequence. Cody, so. You went way more into detail than any other movie we've talked about in ages. Just because you were getting things a little, you seem confused by the plot. Which I I'm don't not know confused, how you're confused about by the plot. plot. Like I understand the things that are happening. It's the why because many of the things you said are. It just so happens. It just so happens. It just so happens, and and that's how this movie kind of works. I will say straight up, an hour in, I was like. What the fuck, Mark? Fuck this movie! <laughs> it is not good. What are we doing? So, yeah, and I was a little said bit to me, more one. That's something what, you said to chat? me off. Can pod. I finish my thought? Sorry, that's something you said to me off pod. Is that the first hour of this movie is like horribly boring and nothing? I think happens. it fucking sucks. Yeah, and I just disagreed hard with that when I went back to watch it, like for the first time in years. I don't know. I was engaged. Like it was all. It was interesting stuff to me. Like it wasn't like 
buck wild action scenes, but it was like exciting it enough. Was, I was promised a much different movie, and the movie that I was promised a little bit happened a lot more in the second half. It is pretty serious and a lot of track laying in the first, like a lot more track laying than I expected of like, okay. I mean, that is overall kind of my, um, my struggle with this movie is it's like, it's too complex. (laughs) Like I just wanted it to be a lot more simple. And it's adapted from a 700 page book. No, I know. And that, and that's kind of the issue. I like, just like, uh, I don't know. I was wanting something more Indiana Jones and National Treasure. And this has elements, but like on the box, it describes it as James Bond meets Indiana Jones. (laughs) And I think it's all the James Bond shit in this movie that doesn't work for me at all. So you Um, said the word complex, and I just think that's a really interesting word. Because like, I think you're you're right in that it's like... doing a lot like it's uh, maybe overstuffed is a better word because to me complex it's like the most simple movie is just like i don't know guy it's not simple if it's hard to fucking follow because every plot line is but like it's just like like, i don't know it's kind of just like fun adventure at the same time so it's like not complex in like the way that like other movies we've talked on the podcast are complex I mean, it's um, not it's like, pretty simple it, in that there's like one plot line that you're following, but that plot is but kind of it's convoluted. Not, it's not one plot line you're following. It is. That's the problem. There's a fucking civil war going on. There's a fucking plague going on, and they're trying to find a boat. Just make them try that, and find the boat. Well, no, because you, <laughs> you need boat, more though. than just finding a boat. You need like you don't and these kind of things. Because like in Indiana Jones, you always have like the Nazis are always after it at the same time, and it's kind of like. I don't know. But you also have him find clues, but it's all driving towards one area. This movie is not concerned with clues until the one part where they walk into a cave and I'm like, ah, clues, good, I'm back on board. (laughs) And then they sell a plane like a boat through the uh, sand and that part rules. There there are really good segments in this movie, but I think it's all the second half. And I think the first half is way too serious and way too, like talking about global conflict and big i think it's the james bond shit and i am in the process of watching a lot of james bond movies right now and not necessarily enjoying them all that much i don't know Um, i didn't find myself thinking about james bond at all i mean it's like a global catastrophe that they're trying to prevent but like i just i didn't really find myself thinking about james bond for like a second i think that there are some incredible aspects to it i think the the guy with the machete in like the the headdress is a very james bond villainish you're like like sub villain um the the businessman bad guy is kind of james bondy the yes. the big set piece at I guess the, I like just, the power plant and the warehouse and I didn't all of see that, those so, villains as being any different than like Indiana Jones villains though you know like they also make sense in that regard so to me that was all just Indiana Jones stuff and the only James Bond stuff was like yeah there's a big plant and they're trying to poison the world or whatever but I yeah I, th- I think it's that like, was the only part that was like I guess I could think about James Bond in this it's but you also like it's it's Bond in the Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, what's his I, face I, I, era I didn't really watch any of those so. of Bond movies. It, it's it, it's a lot like those. Um, I I think it being a world catastrophe is really what kind of made it 
um, too much for me because like a national treasure, like he's just looking for treasure. Like and yeah. Indiana Jones, he's yes, I guess the Ark of the Covenant, if it fully gets in the hands of the Nazis, it could be a big deal. But it's not like they have nuclear bombs that are about to go. Well, that's off the thing is that they, they want it as a weapon in that. No, they do. Sure, but yeah. I don't know. I I think it's I think it's a bit. I don't know. You know I think it's too if, much. If if I you was, walked into Sahara thinking this is a superhero movie, do you think you'd I still want to like it? it. No, it's not. I mean it. Look, Look I, well, Charlie Kaufman has said that all critics must divulge what was going on in their day before they're allowed to assess a movie. So I will say that I did drive from home and was a little tired, so I can't be, um, I can't have an opinion on whether or not I like a movie or not. Um, but okay. he's gr- um, he's a grumpy boy that Kaufman, but give him a break. His book is pretty good. I like it. <laughs> He's an asshole. Um, yeah, he's who a grumpy, Christopher he's Nolan a, gr- a hack and said he's a grumpy critics boy. can't be critics. He's a grumpy um, boy. I'll give you that. But I like his book. Okay. He's an asshole still. Um, but anyway, so so to follow Kaufman's rules uh, before being allowed to. I, I was a little tired, which is why I think um, the the first half of it, I was like, wh- what? where the fuck is the movie that I was expecting? Um, and I don't think it happened that much, but you guys seemingly loved it. So I mean, loved is, I mean, this is like the okayest movie we've talked about on the podcast, but like the okayest movie is still like a movie. And if there's going to be cannons and planes, I mean, I mean, this is the thing is like you, 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 you're the people I'm talking mainly to Cody here. You're the person who said Pirates of the Caribbean good because swords. And then this movie freaking has, it has machetes. It has machetes knives, it has guns, it has all, it has a a plane boat, it's got a boat chase. It's I said the plane boat was good, I don't, I didn't enjoy the boat chase. There's a sequence uh, the where they hop good. on a, they, they hop on a train from camels. That, like that's very Verbinski. That was pretty cool. That I did like rules. that scene, all right. Um, it was pretty cool, but it, but I still like. I just was having a hard time ever like really buying in because I just was like, "What the fuck is the like? Why is there so much?" I, I mean, it could have been slimmed down, and uh, it would have worked for me better. I Cut miss out having the formula one of the subplots. I miss having the formula that was very popular back when this movie came out of very cool guy, his funny friend, and the smart girl. That formula mm-hmm. is just like I want. That sure, and movies. I think that formula works better in other places, i.e., National Treasure. I I think that I I would agree with Cody that the plot is not great. It could and should be trimmed down. Yeah. And also, the fact that this movie is two hours is a bit much. It's a bit. But I think that the much, chemistry yeah. between Penelope and Matthew McConaughey and Steve Zahn is really great. I yeah, love, it's pretty solid. I I think I like if you had William those H. characters in a like completely different movie. I think if you had basically all of these actors in a different movie where yes. the plot was a bit more like, here's the thing. If you're going to make them like world saving adventures, do that, but don't introduce them as well. They did do divers. <laughs> they, no, they were divers. just in the wrong, right place at the wrong time. And they had to no. adapt and they had to adjust. It's no, Indiana Jones meets no, Die no. Hard that, meets James Bond. That is giving it way, 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 way too much slack. They, they, there is no reason their job would mean they could do any of the shit they do in this movie. Like, Cody, it just it seems seems like be... we, it seems like we agree that there should be a second Sahara movie, a second Dirk Pitt movie with these same characters in it. 
Yeah, right? yeah but maybe Clive Cussler shouldn't write it. And I think that was the big thing with this movie is um, not a, according to research, he like would not let them do anything without him like approving and putting things It's actually funny you say that because he sued about not having enough control over this movie. Right. But by all accounts, he had quite a bit. It, it's kind of interesting. Well, no, I, I think the, the, the thing of the whole lawsuit was like, he was like, I don't have enough control. And they were all saying that he just vetoed all of their ideas. Um, right. So maybe they should have let him have more control. Um, release the cl- the Cutler cut. <laughs> Relieve the release the uh, cut Cutler Cutler. I don't know the Clive um, Cutler. Release the Cutler cut, or let John Turtletaub or Jerry or uh, fucking Gore Verbinski. Yes, or let that. a real director direct this movie. <laughs> Turtle Top's my example because National Treasure, I think, is the perfection of this kind of movie. Where like it's mm. never gonna be quite Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is kind of its own thing. But there are kind of the like spin-offs and babies of it. And I think National Treasure is the great example of it. And I think this movie is like fine. I, I had a lot of complaints about it because you guys like a lot of it. And I think there are parts in the second half where it starts to work for me, and then they like kill it a give little. Give me some examples. Okay, give me some examples of things you like. The, sure. The, the plane boat sequence? Plane boat sequence rules. That is fun. So good. Dig it. The the train sequence, I think, is a lot of fun. Trains are Train sequences are never going to make me mad. Dude. It's kind of the... Pop on, pop on Lone Ranger when we're done with this. I know you just bought it. Well, yeah, so. I just bought it. I, I'll, I need to watch it. Um yeah. The, Shit, um, I might watch Lone Ranger on Disney Plus tonight. <laughs> yeah, they have um, th- uh, supposedly that's got like a insane train sequence, is what I've heard. It's a fun sequence. Um, Tantos, the, um, you know, swinging around like a yeah, it's it's great. I I I like most of the stuff when they're in the actual Sahara when it's like they're starting to focus a little more on their mission again, and then it loses me when they are at that like plant because I'm like. I don't want, I want them to fight in a tomb. I don't know, you know, like I just, I, I, I think I went into this movie thinking it was completely different than what it was. And I will probably be a little more forgiving of it the second time I see it. I don't think it's ever going to like soon. Potentially. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be perfect for me because I still can't get over the fact that they are deep sea archaeologists, specifically for boats in the ocean, and this movie does not have anything to do with the ocean. So, one thing I I know it does stop telling, don't I know, shut up. I know, like, it doesn't really. Um, one thing I like about it though is he's you know, he's the deep ocean archaeologist, whatever. Uh, and he says early on in the movie, like, uh, Every good thing that happened in my life happened in the water. And then the uh-huh. stakes in this movie are the world water supply being poisoned. And so sure, that I makes guess. it personal for him. And I, I like I that. Guess. I guess. Coming after his aqua. I, I think this is kind of the other thing is like this was the movie star era of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he's always going to be the coolest dude in the room, not many fuck ups. I mean, he's and still think... always the coolest dude in the room. Sure, but I think maybe a modern McConaughey would maybe let you kind of play with that character a little bit, or maybe Clive Cussler didn't want well, them to play with it. But like Indiana Jones that... is perfect to me because Indiana Jones fucks up constantly. Benjamin Gates, the movie portrays him as an insane person, and I think that's what works. I think kind of the like bland adventurer 
doesn't fully work for me um, well, I, with I McConaughey. Think it's more of a James Bond role than a Indiana sure. Jones role. Absolutely. Where like he, he has a plan. He's going to get in situations, but then work his way out of them. Um, but, and then Steve, Steve Zahn is the one who's like kind of doubting right. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, I think that's actually a really good point, Mark. And that's why, as I've been doing this James Bond watch through a lot of the older ones don't work that well for me because it's like, he, he has no personality other than he's always good at what he does and it's never going to fail. And he just kind of like shows up and does it and leaves. I like mm-hmm. when they're a bit messier. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a good comparison. And that is why they put Steve Zahn there. And look, if they had cast somebody other than Nicolas Cage in National Treasure, it could have felt like the same thing. But I think the movie still feels like he's unhinged. Um, and it's, I, I mean, these National Treasure and this came out without within a year of each other. So that's kind of why the comparison feels so yeah. apt. So apt, you know? yeah. Um, the, uh, Mark, did you see, this movie is a sequel. Did you see the original? I, I have not seen Raise this. the Titanic, but I did read the book. <laughs> Raise um, the Titanic is a 1980 film. Shit. Let yeah. me see if that's uh, streaming is it, is anywhere. Is it on HBO Max or anything? I don't know. Um, I didn't look up that much. I just looked up that it existed. I'm looking it up on HBO Max to see if it's there. I don't know why. I just feel I'm just like gonna look that's it up on just the streaming watch. service it's most likely to be on. Um, um, I did not it, uh, watch that movie. I have read the book, though. Uh, good right. book, I think. It was a long time ago that I read it. Um, let's see right. here. It is. It's streaming on Cinemax Go and uh, okay. on DirecTV. So I started, you know how you like type something in and like it shows you like the results, like you type mm-hmm. in the letter R and it shows you a bunch right. of R movies and A, I, S, E. So I typed until there was no more where it says like re- no results found. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the word, the phrase when I stopped was raise the tit. And I just thought that was funny. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Yeah. Um, so this movie was, it's on the list of biggest box office bombs, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. It was a $160 million budget and only grossed 119. Um, hey, one man's trash is, uh, is Mark Watlington's treasure. It's not That's very right. well received. We one, are one man's mixed trash is, on Rotten uh, Tomatoes at this podcast, but it is a 38%. Treasure. Okay. Thanks, Chad. I don't I didn't hear what you were saying I said, because I was in the middle of talking. Well, that is the struggle. We, we just with COVID, we've had to start doing Zoom, uh-huh. Zoom calls. Yeah, or it's or it's Yeah, we're not Chad is ignoring me as I'm saying something. Um, I wanted to say that one man's trash is another man's hidden uh, Confederate treasure. Great, um, worth it, and I'm yeah. glad you repeated it. Um, it's, well, uh, I said th- something else the first time, but you weren't listening to me, so. No, you said one man's trash is another Mark Watlington's treasure. I did hear it. Oh, okay. Um, you weren't listening. <laughs> hearing is different than listening. Thirty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So not that well received. No. Um, Letterbox. I don't know what it is. Um, not like as in, high in as both range, of my co-hosts has rated it. Um, uh, let me check. But it's good, though. It's a 2.6 on Rotten on uh, Letterboxd. Sounds about That's right. That's fine. Um, it's good, though. Um, I, I just think that the chemist... I, I mean, I clearly love Steve Zahn and anything he's in. I need to watch the Diary right. of a Wimpy Kid movies. Um, mm. But 
his chemistry with Matthew McConaughey is great. McConaughey's chemistry with Penelope Cruz is great. Delroy Lindo's uh, chemistry yep. with William H. Macy is great. Rain Wilson is also there doing some stuff. Um, he's not bad in the movie. He's funny. He's, yeah. he's not bad. He doesn't have a ton to do. No. And this is also definitely before he was in the office and like had kind of mm-hmm. had a more of a persona. Um, it, it's like weird to see him, but it's not as weird as seeing him in uh, Galaxy's Quest, where he is like literally, basically a background person. Yeah, he in this movie, like Steve Zahn, is like goofy but competent, and Rain Wilson is like mm-hmm. out of his element when things start hitting the fan, like when there's like uh, all the gunfire and everything and they when they do the panama which is a fun little like uh-huh. it's such a macgyver move it's so fun um it's so great yeah he's just in over his um, head out of his element and uh he shoots the guy with a flare gun he does so and then he says moment. it he's like i shot a guy with a flare gun <laughs> it's kind of the precursor to uh, i stabbed a man with a trident <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it very much is. Yeah, yeah. except it isn't because it's, it's a, two years after. It is but, a post cursor, ah. huh? <laughs> right? Um. Uh. Hey, what is Steve Zahn's best performance, Mark? It's mm, a good question. Because I have um, an what is your answer? Bad ape in the Planet of the Apes movies. He's very, Honestly, very, I very good. I haven't seen the second of those, the second two of those trilogy. Um, the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> wait, which one is he? I'm trying to think of. He's Bad Ape. He's the one called Bad Ape. He's in three, I think. Okay, I only saw He's the third one like one time. The second one I saw a bunch. He's I don't remember. Very, Bad very Ape. good in it. Oh, yeah. the like the comic yes. relief character. Basically, yeah. but he has more pathos and stuff yeah. in it. That was Steve yeah. Zahn. Yeah. Yep. Good for him. That yep. was really good. That was a good. I remember him now. Yeah. That was. Yeah. yeah. He was great. Um. Um. I'm trying Mark, to think. Do you have anything? I've seen him in. I saw Rescue Dawn, which he's good. Uh, yeah, I need to watch like Captain Fantastic and stuff like that. There's a lot of things when I was scrolling through his IMDb where we're like, those are movies I've been meaning to get to, mm-hmm. and I haven't. Sunshine. He's cleaning. in You've Got Mail, which I need to watch. Which he Hamlet is, is in You've Got Mail, oh. which is on HBO Max. Um, He's in the <laughs> Ethan Hawke <laughs> Hamlet as Rosencrantz. He's in Stuart Yes, he too. is. Um, Daycare. Oh, man. He's in a Chicken new Little show well. with Ethan Hawke and David Diggs. Yeah. Um, what is that one called? I don't remember. Because David Diggs about, is in two I forgot new that shows. He's in the... Uh, the He's in train uh, yeah, show, but, but this is something else. Snowpiercer. Yeah. David the David Diggs plays Frederick Douglass in the other show. I don't really. I know it's that era. I don't know what it's called. Um, Mark, what else? Or Mark and Chad, what else do you guys have to say about this movie before I derail us and talk about theme parks for a little bit? Uh, hmm. I mean, I got nothing. It's not better than pirates, th- I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not trying to think of yeah. what else. Uh, what else we haven't talked about? We've talked about the train, the the boat fight, which is great. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. I feel like we should watch the Mummy soon. Oh. There's no reason to for the pod, but we all should. Um, we talking Br- Brendan Fraser? 
Brandon Fraser, yeah, because people okay. say those movies are pretty incredible. Maybe. And I don't really um, remember them all that well. Have we done... Itch. Um, it's definitely like... Movies we've covered before. Handsome guy, goofy friend, smart girl, right? Like it's right. definitely that dynamic. Yeah, it's it's yeah. that dynamic. What did you say, Mark? Have we talked about pe- actors that have been in other movies we've covered? <laughs> no, so we've it's, got... Steve- it's Steve Zahn, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey, William H. Macy. Yep. You got him. Uh, might be it. That's it. Uh, Cape Check. Uh, we've got Rain Wilson, who was in Super, and William H. Macy, who feels like he should have been in some superhero thing as a supporting character. But nope, he's just in two Batman Beyond episodes. Um, was, was Matthew McConaughey in My Super Ex-Girlfriend? No. I don't think so. That's the one Mark always tries to, no. <laughs> tries to Luke, tell us. Luke Wilson, um, my bad. Matthew, um, McConaughey Matthew McConaughey was like rumored is somebody be... who has been rumored for Marvel stuff for years yeah. and years. It was going to do like an X Men thing, right? Do what? Wasn't it going to do an X Men thing? No. Um, oh, he's going to be in the new Thor. Of? No, that's oh. Christian Bale. Jesus Christ, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, who are you thinking of? Because you're thinking of the New Mutants post credits, which is. Well, there's it Antonio Banderas Anto- was going to be like Mr. Sinister tease. That's but. that's who it is now, but somebody, John Hamm is the person who did it well, before. I feel like I wouldn't have gotten him mixed up with Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. But yeah, no, no McConaughey, it's not. There, McConaughey? Was, there, was something ex, there was something mutant he was going to be. Nope. I'm thinking of James Franco. Rumor. James Franco is rumored to be something. They're, they're both kind of like that bony, handsome oh, guy. James James Franco was rumored for the uh, multiple man movie, yeah. the Jamie Madrox. That's what it was. Um, That's what McConaughey was rumored for Doctor Strange for a while before that would have been they announced a wildly Benedict. different movie. Yeah. It, M- McConaughey's going to be in something at some point, just not yet. I almost counted The Dark Tower, which is like, though the movie is superhero-esque, but it's not quite. Make, so him, make him Silver Surfer. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, no, that's bad, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I thought about it for a I second. Think, make I him be Moondog as the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I don't think that the Silver Surfer should have the accent that Matthew McConaughey the, has. Yes, exactly. That That's what made me stop about it. Similar I to mean, everyone who says Keanu know. should be the Silver Surfer. That's the absolute wrong take. Yondu. He also has an accent. Yondu has like a southern I I accent and he's that, an alien. It's, it's fine. The, but it's Silver Surfer. It's a different character. The Silver Surfer um, is not a southern hick. All right. You wanted like to talk about Yondu theme parks is. or something? <laughs> Keanu isn't really a hick. Uh, he kind of had no, like no, a spaced no. out accent. Yeah, I wasn't saying Keanu had a southern accent. I was just saying Keanu's accent is another reason why it's like he his voice doesn't feel silver surfery. I don't know I who think that does, his, but his it voice feel right. feels more silver surfery than Matthew than Matthew McConaughey. Does. Yes, I yeah, think I mean, you're Keanu right. Reeves sounds but like it's a still fucking not alien. Quite yet. What Keanu Reeves sounds like an alien, but not a silver surfer alien. Wait, how it's do you know what he thing. sounds like? He's a comic book character. He because like because I've read hundreds of comics with You've a silver surfer. You've read hundreds of comics with It doesn't surfer. matter. You still get a sense of what kind of character they are, and both of those are bad casting. Lawrence Fishburne was the silver surfer in that movie. That's a good casting for him. Um, he was the voice. Doug Jones he was, was the, the voice. Yeah, Doug Jones was the body, of course, because Doug Jones is every body in every Alabama uh, Senator Doug Jones. Yep. Um, who 
who the fuck do I think should be Silver Server? I don't know. I'll think of it at some point. You said like three hours ago you were going to talk about theme parks and like the episode should be over soon. So like what what do you have to say about theme parks? Uh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Um, <laughs> going to have to check that real quick. Um, so this movie is directed by Breck Eisner, who is famously the son of Michael Eisner, who was famously the CEO of Disney. Um, from the 80s to the early 2000s before Bob Iger took over. Michael, Michael Eisner. Eisner is also the namesake of the Eisner Award for comic books or comics. Nope, he's not because that is Will <laughs> Eisner. Okay, Will Eisner, the writer of The Spirit. Um, but um, Michael Eisner, CEO, he was there while a lot of good things happened at Disney, like the Disney Renaissance, and then shit went sideways. Um, I watched he, the uh, Imagineering doc episode mm-hmm. that was largely about the Mike Eisner era. Um, yes. So yeah. Mike Eisner, specifically in the parks, wanted to age them up and make them more um, accessible to teenagers. And specifically, his son, Breck Eisner, yes. the director of this movie, and specifically as a scary ride called Alien Encounter that he <laughs> kind of forced through Wait, that because was he his thought thing. Breck would like it. That was like, oh man, that's too bad. <laughs> that's such a flop yeah. of a ride, right? Or no, it turned into a bad thing when it turned into Stitch. That was the no, it, it was kind of bad before. Oh, okay, because uh, it was the same ride mechanic, which is not a good ride mechanic. Um, but yeah. there was a lot of kind of like edgy teen things that he put in as a way to impress his son, who went on to direct this movie, uh, Which a, movie kind of called the, a horror movie called The Crazies, oh. and then a movie called yeah. The Last Witch Hunter starring uh, Vin Diesel, uh, based on Vin Diesel's D&D campaign, I believe that is that movie. Wild. Um, I believe that is that movie, unless I'm mixing it up with something that hasn't happened yet. Um, and then um, he has directed episodes of The Expanse, which a lot of people say are good. But if you are a fan of 90s edgy Disney World, you have the director of this movie to indirectly thank. And this um, movie kind of feels like a theme park ride in some in some parts. In some ways, it, uh, Mark asked me before the podcast, was this a Disney or a Disney subsidiary and it's not, which I thought was interesting. I really thought there was going to be some nepotism that led to Breck yeah. Eisner. I mean, sure there probably is in a lot of indirect ways, yeah. but there wasn't in like an obvious way I could tell, but like this is his first real movie and to get a $160 million budget is like pretty Crazy. wild. Yeah, I mean that is the nepotism. Like it, it was there. <laughs> it was there. It just wasn't literally a Disney movie, yeah. yeah. And listening to the commentary, it sounded like Breck was like a huge fan of Dirk Pitt books. Or he was that like, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, that's like Actually. what makes Dirk Pitt Dirk Pitt. And I'll, even I was like, what? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, it sounds like it was a passion project for him, believe it or not. No, that makes sense. I mean, it. it I think all of that tracks. I mean, I think that's why there's so much on the screen here and a little like unwillingness to like trim the fat a little bit. Um, but um, I was sleepy <laughs> during it. So maybe Fair. my opinions are invalid. Um, drink some coffee and watch it again. <laughs> drink some coffee. I'll watch it like uh, not after moving for three days. Um, I mean, I also right. watch it after moving. 
<laughs> True, you did. You watched it twice. Mark watched this movie twice in the past twice. day. It within <laughs> like twenty four hours. Yeah. Man. I don't think I've I hold on. I, I may have done that for in I still think there was a longer gap. Um I anyway. watched I think I watched the Lego movie twice in theaters within twenty four hours. It was definitely back to back days. Damn. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean um, worth it. Worth it. Any other movie things you boys want to talk about? Um I'm looking forward to Palm Springs. That will have come Palm out Springs by the good. time this episode comes out. Um I think Old Guard looks fun. It's a actually I saw somebody describe it as X-Men if every character was Wolverine, which is a very interesting and funny premise to me. Um I don't know any other movies coming out. I'm sure shit'll exist. Um I might get around to like uh, King of Staten Island or something pretty soon. Yeah. I don't know. I did I did watch that. We we didn't talk about me watching that, I don't think, but it's fine. It's good. Um I need to watch the Wee Bear Bear movies. You know, there's yeah, there's there's things I gotta watch. There, yeah. Um Oh boy. I guess we should wrap up this show. Yeah. We have st- stopped trying to kind of figure out if this movie is better it's, than it's 2005 not, movies. It's not better than um, Pirates. So let's, let's just move on from that. <laughs> yeah. But now I don't know how to end the show. Because when we were doing well, where the can people find commentaries. You on social media, Cody? Well, sure, sure, sure. But on commentaries, which we had done for the past two pickies. We just ended because we were yeah. like, all right, the movie's over. Yeah. But now we don't have any of our dumb conceits. Um, on social media, if you so wish, you can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore. Make sure to check out Live and Let Cry. I'll remind you again on the next episode, which I do think is going to come out before yeah, that. Yeah, it was a, it was a um, fun up. It'll be uh, July 31st, and we will be talking about the Smash I was about to say the Smash musical, but then it made me get sad that there's no musical based on the NBC TV series Smash. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Not um, yet. Yeah. Find the show at WeBitPicks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Letterboxd, Cody Lunsford. Uh, uh, yeah. You can follow me on Letterboxd, Twitter, and Instagram at Chad A. Oliver. Mark, uh, you can follow me on everywhere at Watlington Mark. We went out of order. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I fucked it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, Mark, who is the best character in Sahara? Um, Al Giordino. It's, uh, Steve's <laughs> okay. on. Uh, right. I guess we're asking each other who the best character in Sahara is. Yeah, because we're not doing the I best mean, movie thing anymore, so I don't know what else to do. I mean, look, Al's great, but Dirk Pitt is like kind of undeniable. It's Dirk Pitt. Mm. Uh, Cody, who's the best character in Sahara? Uh, you know what? Just for the sake of us keeping it all different, I'll say the best character in Sahara is uh, William H. Macy. Who you don't really, even know uh, his name. I'm man. sorry. I don't know his name. Char- his character name. Admiral James Sandecker. Yeah. Okay, Admiral Sandecker is my favorite because he has a boat and he really likes his boat. And, you <laughs> and know, I wish I boat. had a boat. When they blow up the boat, he, he's not happy about that. He's not happy about <laughs> the boat. Um, hey, remember everyone, until next time, you, me, and the Monterey Bay. No, hey, sorry, say that again. It's, it's the Bay of Monterey. I pulled it from IMDb. 
rhyme to be wrong. It's you, me, and the Bay of Monterey. Well, I I'll, just, like I'll just keep this whole thing, and then you'll both be good. <laughs> <It's fair. laughs> okay, you, me, and the Bay of Monterey. Happy now. On the next episode of the Best Pictures Podcast, we're talking about my favorite movie for the year of 2006, uh, Nacho Libre, about a wrestler who is, um, I guess he's a he's not a monk, a friar, I think, yeah, I don't know. He's uh, a Catholic, and he's a wrestler, played by Jack Black, um, and it's very funny and very good, and you can find it on Netflix.